Welcome to Tool for this podcast, episode 28, Joker Reviews. We're going to give you a quick, spoiler-free review of Joker in theaters now. And then after we're done that, we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie because there is so much to talk about and we can't wait to get into it. So without further ado... On Nerd and Up Nerd, you get what you fucking deserve. Let's start the show. Yeah. <laughs> JD the MC, aka the Big Nerd, aka Jeremy Dove on the mic, and with me as always, DJ Kevin have on the virtue wheels of steel how are you my brother i am i'm good uh, i'm 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 really good so uh a part of me was actually thinking about going to see this movie again this morning when i woke up uh-huh. Uh-huh. uh there was a 10 10 uh a.m um showing and i was i sat in my bed and i debated it and i was just like I don't blame you. I don't blame you. After seeing it twice, man, like I'm, mm-hmm. I, I, I want a third time. And the second time was, you know what? It was just as powerful and just as moving. And there was so many details I caught um, the second time around because, okay. you know, I, I, because of being less floored by the drama, uh, which we're going to get into. Um, and by the way, we're going to give you a spoiler free first 30 minutes. We're going to give you our yeah. review without spoilers and then after that 30 minutes we are going to go hard and spoil everything because we want to talk about every detail of this movie because man there's so much kev there's there, so much yeah there really was there really is a lot the yeah um, um yeah <laughs> so but, so much that i want to get to it so i don't want to mess around intro so, too much so, yeah but so uh, I, is there any, I didn't but, end up going this morning just because i i knew i had shit to do this afternoon right right right, right so i didn't end up going but Oh man, yeah, this movie. I'm definitely gonna have to go see it again. Right, I will have to sit down and watch it again. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I think so. I will too. Uh, a third time is definitely needed. Yeah, I think uh, I think the wife wants to go, so I'll probably take right. her. Uh, for me, it's like once you get over the impact of what just a powerful fucking uh, dramatic movie this is. Yeah, um, and then once you're able to digest that impact, and then begin to tear apart the batman threads mm. in this movie like like and, and i say that it's important to get that out of the way like it's like you can't do that at first because you're so just impacted by what an amazing film this is um and what an achievement that's never been done before in my opinion and we're going to get to all that later but um uh like just there's there's so much okay and i yeah. and i i'm not going yet but i keep uh, delaying. Uh, is there anything else you want to get up before we start? <laughs> um, just, just off the top, and this is the first thing that came to my head as soon as I left this movie, and the first thing that popped through my head is this is the best Martin Scorsese film not directed by Martin Scorsese. Absolutely agree with you. <laughs> and right. that's the that's just the first thing I, I yes, want to say off yep, top of the head. Absolutely agree with you. You can quote and, me on that. I want to see and, that that quote on Facebook. And that's how that's how I, that's how I feel 
that's how I feel, and I also I I feel that that is in no way a criticism. Like yeah. for like somehow I feel like it's a tribute. Oh, it's a compliment. It's a yeah. huge compliment. It's, like, a, it's, yeah. a, it's a tribute, but it's also an elevation. It's like mm. like I'm gonna like I'm gonna say that I would you know put it up, put it up, I love. Uh, the the films that this draws from, but put it up next. I'm gonna want to watch this one. It's more like fun. It's yeah. more. It's it's and it's 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 the modern. It's an updated uh, version of that era in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, so great. Um, so uh, without further, I feel like we should have like some special music for this. Or something. I, I, <laughs> I, I I know I earlier I said any... I was just yeah. like I, I, I want I want some pop and circumstance before we go because I really feel like this. I really feel like this is the most important movie that we have ever talked about on this podcast yeah no, it's... uh absolutely in my opinion anyway yeah so um are you ready kev are you I, ready I'm, I'm, a... I'm ready okay set your timer because we're gonna go 30 minutes of reviewing with non-spoilers and if i do spoil something please hit me with that electric <laughs> shots Okay. Well, you know, hit me with the Mark Hamill Joker laugh. You know, you can always hit me with the Mark Hamill Joker laugh. Yeah. I, I appreciate. I always appreciate the Mark Hamill Joker laugh. There you go. Um, so, um, the Joker. Uh, no, no, just Joker. Joker twenty nineteen. Yeah. Yes, uh, is a movie uh, <laughs> that um, is not like any comic book movie you've ever seen before. Uh, that being said, it is still very much a comic book movie. Uh, mm-hmm. It is a comic book movie in the spirit of great DC comics from the 90s uh, when there was an explosion of creative talent uh, that DC brought into the market kind of to, to combat the narrative at the time, which was that if you if, if DC comics were um, like this happy, go lucky, like childish world where Marvel comics were the serious mm-hmm. uh, world of comics, right? Like I would hear from Marvel fans, oh, Superman and Batman never have to worry about paying their rent. They don't live in a real world. But Spider-Man, he's got to work a job and he's got to worry about paying his rent. And he gets dumped. Um, so... But, you know, DC answered back, I feel, with this creative explosion, especially in Batman, right? We got the Dark Knight uh, uh, graphic novel, and we got something that is near and dear to my heart. I have an original print of The Killing Joke, uh, which I believe uh, seriously inspires, um, if not the script of this movie, then the philosophy of this Joker. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, This, uh, it's, it's unequivocally, unequivocally a comic book movie to me because it is the greatest Joker origin story ever told, in my opinion. And I'm going to get into that in great detail when we get to the non-spoiler uh, part of this uh, broadcast. Yep. Um, um, and it and it also it also really affects the Batman lore. So if you're the kind of fan who is con- who is concerned about you know Batman canon, there is a whole bunch to talk about about what this movie does to Batman canon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I'm going to just give you a, a quick preview. My point of view is it's amazing. It enlightens it. It expands it. It gives it a modern point of view that all of a sudden, to me, Batman as a character makes sense at the end of this movie. But he's also different. It's also a different Batman because of this movie, in my opinion. Again, we're gonna, we'll get to that later. But this mm-hmm. movie is not... I don't want you to walk into this movie looking for that, you know, because for me sitting through this movie two times now, the experience of watching this movie, 
I, man, it's not Endgame. Don't go looking for that. It's not no. Thor Ragnarok. Don't no. go looking for, you know, <laughs> that what we have here is something that Kevin Feige could never dream of doing. And I'm not taking anything away from the king, mm-hmm. the master, the god of the universe. You know, Kevin Feige is not crying himself to sleep on his pillow stuffed with cash. <laughs> but um, I, that being said, this is just like the 90s when DC answered back, you know, like this deal was made in the mess of Batman versus Superman and the backlash against DC, some brilliant people. And I don't know the story uh, behind the scenes at DC, but some brilliant people commissioned this film at that time. And this is the answer back. That is so amazing and perfect. And, and such a perfect, I think flashback to those nineties comics, which Mm -hmm. did the same thing for me as a DC fan. They, I was able to go to Marvel fans and go, look, Marvel Comics can't do this. Like, this is a story level. Like, this is so mature and adult and brilliant um, that, like, Marvel can Marvel never t- never goes in that area. You know, Marvel to me is like the the safe mainstream, and DC is the place where creative risks happen and where characters can be like gothic and still like serious at the same time. Um, okay, just uh, just to interrupt there for yeah, a second. Go ahead, go ahead, now yeah. I know it's not. It wasn't. Topic, it so wasn't MCU. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, it wasn't MCU. But you gotta remember, they did do Logan, and Logan was probably, if anything, would be more comparable to this than anything. Right, like Endgame right, and, right. And I'm glad you're mentioning that yeah. because I I thought about that a lot. And first mm-hmm. of all, good point. It's not MCU. It's Sony. Yeah. Um. And so and and Logan is not a thing. I don't think that could happen in mcu right now anyway so they're gonna have to change there yeah. even for i mean they are saying they're gonna do deadpool so we'll see right we'll see they did um, have but, like their their little run with like i can't remember the name of the uh the side company but i remember when the punisher came out and, and ghost rider that was like under their um i guess their dark marvel type movies there was a yeah. name for it and i'm drawing a blank but they did kind of yeah. touch in movies like this but not as grindy and yeah sorry grimy is the word i was looking for grimy right. is this film like the, right. yeah go on like sorry real like yeah. real yeah. Like, yeah like that's my my top line um thing i want to get across about joker is that this is something that's never been achieved in a comic book story before for me anyway it's the thing that christopher nolan claimed was his mission with his Batman series. And for me, it's my main criticism of his Batman series, which I, I'm not a huge fan of, honestly. Um, it's that he said he wanted to make a Batman who could exist in the real world. He said, I want to make movies that say, answer the question, what if this person existed in real life? Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, but I don't think that's what we got in those movies. I think we got some good stuff in those movies, but I don't think the mission was achieved. And holy shit, was the mission achieved in Joker and never before like everything in this movie could happen in, and and has I think in some degree in a similar story in in history everything in this movie is real everything in this movie could happen in real life there is no fantasy ver- there's no science fiction there is no like comic booky stuff except for connections to the Batman story mm-hmm. right but that's it okay joker is not a super villain joker is a human being and the most human of human beings you have ever seen and i say that with a grave tone of voice because this film is brutally difficult to watch okay this is a sad movie this movie 
beats on you with yeah. sadness and brutality repeatedly over and over again. Yeah, I was going to say, I did feel compassion for the Joker at one point in this film. And I felt I, it you, through the yeah, whole film. For, for, uh, for Arthur Fleck. Um, yeah. Not the Joker, Arthur, Arthur Fleck. Um, but yeah, no, I actually did feel compassion for him. Like, yeah, I actually felt sorry for the guy and, and <laughs> at one has, point in the, been, in the film. That has been many critics' criticism, right? That... Mm -hmm that what we're doing is we're turning a villain into a good guy that we're making this psychopathic killer, the um, sympathetic character mm -hmm. and maybe done so too well. And uh, you know what? Uh, you can debate the merits or the evils of that all day, but that's what Joker fans want. Like mm -hmm. that's what Joker fans have. Always, like Joker fans have always had this movie in their mind. This is their dream come true, right? This is like, I know guys who like live their life around Joker, like, like, Losers, obviously, but <laughs> like, uh, like, like Joker is important to people, right? Um, he is like a, um, like a mythical figure and this origin story. Yeah. You root for him. He yeah. is the hero of this story. Absolutely. And I think a big criticism is that throughout this movie, the people he kills tend to be the bad people and not the good people in the movie. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, which tends to insinuate that this is not maybe an insane person, but um, a vigilante, like somebody who has an overpowering sense of justice and um, is broken in the way that he's lost, you know, the mores, the rules of society in his head mm. don't mean anything to him anymore. And I think that's maybe a fair criticism because maybe you're going to inspire violence out there in a very violent world. You know, if I was an American, I might be afraid of this movie. Right. <laughs> like, like remember we were talking about how they were refusing to show this movie in, yeah. in, in that movie theater where the Joker shooting took place. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, man, I think if I lived in that town, this would be a tough sit for me. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely, like I said, I agree with the, the fact that they are not showing that movie in that theater. And uh, there was one part in the movie where he actually goes into a theater and I thought he was going to do a shooting and I'm glad that he didn't. <laughs> right. right? Um, you know what part I'm talking about. <laughs> right. But yeah. Um, that, was, that was a bit of a spoiler, I'm, but it's okay. Yeah, it a, not really. Yeah. But there's a lot of parts like this. There's a lot yeah. of parts like this where it's like we're playing with reality. First of all, that's a big part of this movie is that there's like a, a fight club type um, subjective fantasy going on. Uh, there are many sections of this movie uh, where we find out that um, what we thought was happening wasn't really happening. Um, and I hope that's not a spoiler in any way, but uh, because it, it's very, <laughs> it's very complex though, yeah. how, how it happens in the film, right? It's not simple. It's not black and white, what's real and what's not real. And I think one of the weird things about the re internet reaction that I've seen about this film, we're going to talk about later too, uh, is that some people are interpreting, like people are interpreting it completely different ways. Mm -hmm. Like people who are reviewing this movie are saying, well, this part was real and this part wasn't real. And this part was real. And this part. And I've disagreed with everything that I've said that I've seen said out there so far. I, I think that like there's, this movie is going to be debated forever. Like for the rest of our lives, people mm -hmm. are going to be debating this movie. Uh, it's that important. Right. Um, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up my review soon and let you get to your, let, let you get to your section because <laughs> I know we're probably gonna, you know, we're gonna push our timeline, but um, 
uh, what do I want to say in the non-spoiler section of this review? Um, yeah, it's like a, it's like about a two-hour movie, and probably ninety minutes in, I'm still asking myself, you know, is this ever going to pick up speed, or is this going to stay this slow and sad for this entire thing? And mm-hmm. then somehow by the end of the movie, I forget that I fo- I forget that I felt that way because the end of the movie is so crazy and powerful and beautiful and tragic that um like that long slow brutal build up to it uh has such a just a moving payoff and this is why this film is going to win every oscar that it's nominated for and i think it's going to be nominated for all the major ones i think it's going to it, it might win best picture i don't know what it's going to get up against for best best picture but it's but i think it's going to win best Hustlers. actor for sure Hustlers. <laughs> <laughs> No comment. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, anyway, um, mark you know, my I'll, words. I'll, that movie will be. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. The movie about strippers, Roger, robbing rich guys, was fantastic. I'm sure. Yes. I'm sure. I'm yes. Sure. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but you know what? As as I posted on Facebook earlier, if I'm Jared Leto right now, I'm going into hiding for the next ten years because, like, there's no way he's going to be able to play Joker and be taken seriously and not, you know, be left but, right the fuck off the face of the earth. But again, his Joker was completely different. Um, sure, his his but, Joker was more <laughs> of a fantasy Joker opposed to a grimy, realistic Joker. Sure, you know I'm. I mean? And, and I've already said I didn't really mind Jared Leto. Yeah. I, he, he he had a terrible script, and and yeah. he did his best. He did his best with it. And to me, it was kind of the live action version of the animated Batman Joker, uh, mm-hmm. the Mark Hamill, the Mark Hamill Joker that right. that we love. Um, uh, and you know, I think. He did... <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'll hail Mark Hamill. And oh yeah. And prayers to the goddess Moana. Um, the, <laughs> this portrayal of Joker is so important that it's going to blanket out everything else. Like you don't want to be you. You want to at least have ten years between you and this. Mm. If you're going to try to play Joker, I'm sorry. Like Jerry Leto needs to not, and Robert Downey Jr. needs to not submit his name for the Oscar now. I'm sorry. I love Endgame, but. Like it is not even close. There's no comparison in acting performances between what Robert Downey Jr. did in Endgame and what Joaquin Phoenix did in Joker. Okay, this movie is is the big is is the big kids table of acting, and Robert Downey Jr. is great. I love him. I love everything he's done, and all hail him, please. But um, man, he should not be going up against this for the Oscar because he does he doesn't want he doesn't want the end of his run. Uh, of Iron Man to have this asterisk next to it that this movie showed up and he stood no chance. Even with all of his achievement, he stood, he stands no chance if he goes up against this, in my opinion. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to end my version and part of the review here. Uh, it's, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. I wish I could. Yeah. I want to invent a new rating system for me for this is a holy shit for me. Um, this is a once in a lifetime movie. Um, I'm going to be talking about until I'm dead. Okay. And, um, and I want to hear your take on it now. Okay. Your, your uh, spoiler-free take. <laughs> my spoiler-free take. Okay, so I uh, where do I start? Um, going into this film, I'm I'm glad I sat down and rewatched uh, Taxi Driver, 
and I'm glad I'm extremely glad that I watched the King of Comedy because this is a movie I never I don't know why I just never watched it before. This movie takes so much from the King of Comedy, yeah. including yeah. the fact that Robert De Niro is in this film. Um, it's just it takes so much from that film. Um, I actually felt it took more from that film than it did Taxi Driver. Because Taxi Driver is like the one that that um, a lot of like critics were uh, comparing it to. But I, I don't know. I personally felt it took more from King Comedy. That was that was that was my my take from from that. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's a, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so you're right. Um, and yeah, no. Um, going into this film, uh, man, I just there's so much in my head. <laughs> I just don't know where to start. Okay, take your time. I know um, it's overwhelming. It's yeah, true. Yeah, it was, it's, it it's, it's not even funny. It's true. This is an overwhelming movie. Yeah, so it's it's a nice buildup to him becoming the Joker. Um, are we going to talk story or? Yeah. Oh, yeah, without spoiling too much, we're going to talk all the story after when we get to the spoiler part. That's the problem. We're though, like every detail. You have to spoil it to tell. The okay, story. just just give it. Just give you a brief overview and your review, and then we'll go with the spoilers and we'll talk about everything. Okay. So, uh, over <laughs> overall, yes, I definitely did enjoy this film. Uh, it was two hours that passed by extremely quick. Um, it didn't feel like a two-hour long movie. Uh, when it ended, I was like, "Oh shit, really?" <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it was uh, extremely well acted. Uh, Joaquin, I can never say his name right. Joaquin Phoenix? Joaquin. Joaquin. Joaquin like, Phoenix? Like, like W-A-K-E-E-M. Okay, so he's kind of like an, an African Joaquin. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> kind of. Uh, Joaquin uh, Phoenix, his, his, yeah, his portrayal, uh, man, it was, he was so good in this film. Uh, I loved I loved the little things with uh, throughout the entire movie where he did like these and this is not a spoiler where he just did these like subtle off paced laughs. So, for example, he went to a comedy club and the guy would like tell a joke and everyone would laugh and then it was quiet and then he'd just go. <laughs> right. And right. he'd laugh like I love that. I don't know why. I just absolutely right. love that. It was just like. It was almost like he was there, but he was in, still in his own little world. So he was laughing at what was going on in his head, opposed to right. what was what everyone else was laughing at. Because in, he was so he was so out of touch with reality yeah. that he didn't understand what was funny to other people. Like, that was yeah integral to his character. Was but that. he was he was also his, always writing in his little journal as well, right? So, yeah, um, yeah I guess uh, he was laughing at what he was writing, po- opposed to more than what the comedian was. But that saying. was also his condition, right? Yes. Like he oh, has. Yeah, that was the other thing. Integral I, to the story yeah, is that the I, explanation of the Joker laugh is this tragic thing, yeah. right? But I love that little part where, um, or not that not a little part, but that little ongoing thing. Or um, when it's in the trailer when he's like making faces at the little boy and then the mom turns around and is like, can you stop oh. bothering my son? Oh, the saddest part of the movie. Oh, it's, oh. <laughs> then, it's not the saddest part even though there's so many sad parts. Yeah. But, oh, that's like one of the first big, big, big sad parts. Yeah. And then he starts laughing and she's like, something funny? And he hands her this card the that card, says, which... excuse, my, uh, excuse my uncontrollable laughter. I have a condition, blah, blah, blah. And then it's caused like, by a brain injury. Yeah, and then it's like, can you please return this card? 
<laughs> I thought that have was you, nice how, Okay, <laughs> but Kev, have you ever had that happen to you in a like in like sneaky D's, like in a bar or a restaurant where like someone who's hearing impaired comes up to you and hands you a card and says, "Yeah, I, I I'm hearing impaired and they're looking for a donation," but the, yeah. it says. And please hand this card back yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember like, uh, it's been a long time since I've had that right. happen. But it's yeah, one of those real touches that I was talking yeah. about, like how this is like a real life movie. Like, like they made this character, like the Joker laugh is his mental illness, which is caused by the brutal thing that happened. Uh, Tev, I want to talk spoilers. Okay, are we okay, are can, we just can, going can, into it? Can you wrap it up, kick, so we can go into it? Because I want to go into it, man. I want to go into it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what is your, give you a rating. Give you a rating just for the record keeping purposes. Give you a rating. All right. Um, I'm not going to give it a solid ten. Um, no, no. I I thought it was a good, a great film. Uh, I'm not going to. What's that? Color be shocked. <laughs> Color be shocked. I'm not going to give it a solid ten. Okay. Um, I'll give it a nine. Um, Equal to Hustlers. There you go. I told you. I loved Hustlers. Dude, I loved Hustlers. I thought that okay. was a great movie. Okay. And okay, I really... not it really right here. <laughs> October, 20, October 5th, 2019. Joker and Hustlers. Right? Equal. Okay. 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 Dude, okay. I'm, those, over I'm over it. They're, they're over. both my Oscar contenders. Hey, um, I'm and over. I'm sure Irishman will be up there too when it comes out. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. No, I, I really dug this film. It's a movie that I, I, I still haven't stopped thinking about it. Like it's been marinating like all day at work. It was just marinating in my head. There's so much. There's so you much. Know, to so yeah. No, it's it's a film that really really stays with you. Um, it was kind of like that. Um, oh, why am I drawing a blank on the name of it right now? Uh, the Jordan Peele, uh, his last movie. Um, Us. Us. Thank you. That movie, I, I swear to God, I could not stop thinking about that movie for like a week. Right, like right. that movie, I it's it, Jordan Peele has it was that such a mind fuck. Like, yeah, it, it's definitely know, on that lever. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good comparison. I never thought of Jordan Peele because yeah. I was trying to think of, I was trying to think of great films to compare this to, and it reminds me of like really big event films for me, like Fight Club and. Right. And uh, like maybe even Braveheart, like because I'm thinking about films that really just changed everything that came after them. They were so important and so brilliant. Yeah. Um, uh, but that's a good that's a good one. Uh, Jordan Peele's films have that mm-hmm. same impact. That same that same wow. You're so brilliant, and now I have to yeah. think about this. Like, yeah. it's it's kind of hard to believe that this film was made by the guy that made fucking The Hangover. <laughs> and road trip, uh, <laughs> okay, not like, for nothing. The first Hangover was a pretty pretty brilliant movie. No, it was a great uh, film, but it, this the sequel ran out of gas. The other the, ones, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, the formula just ran out. But it's kind of yeah. hard to like. Uh, I know he also did that um, that war movie, um, War Dogs. Was it called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I, which was yeah. a really good film. I don't know if you ever watched it, but it's actually a really good film. And I was even then when I watched that, I was like. Really, this is the guy that did fucking like the hangover and you know, but yeah, no, this film, like he he yeah. he was just yeah, no, he's yeah, on point. Um he must have like just sat down and watched like a million Martin Scorsese films. Like he must have studied yeah. him. Like the He's the done some interviews in this movie yeah. was phenomenal. Like the acting was amazing. Like, I don't know, man. Like there's there's very few complaints about this film for me. Um, I really did. I, yeah, I really did enjoy it. Not as much so, as you, cause you gave it a 10, but I, 
I really Your number did. is a nine. <laughs> yeah, I'm giving it a hard uh, nine. All right, all right. Okay, let's hit the spoiler alarm because yeah. it's time to start. It's time to start start the real talk about yes. this movie. All right, let's, uh, let's start right so, from the get-go. Spoilers begin now. Spoilers, spoilers begin, begin now. now. If you haven't seen the movie you don't want it spoiled for you, press stop now and yeah. go to the fucking theater now. Boom, now. <laughs> spoilers begin. Kev, go ahead. Yeah, okay. Let's start. Uh, let's start right from the beginning. Um, so he's um, he works as a clown. He works as a clown for this uh, for this company who I guess is like a clown company. I don't know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I've never heard of anything like this before. But yeah, they, clowns for hire. I think that I think that's pretty a pretty common thing. Birthday was, party stuff. Maybe 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 back in the eighties, it was more so. Yeah, probably. So uh, he works for this company, and. Um, He's uh, working a job where uh, where he's got to spin like a sign in front of the. It's in the it's in the trailers where he's spinning the sign, and then these kids steal his sign. So, anyways, he chases after him to try to get the sign back, and then the the kids beat the shit out of him, which I thought was really random. But I guess this is one of those moments where you're supposed to feel sorry for him for his character because he's yeah. always he's always be throughout the film he's always beaten down like he's beaten down yeah. until he yeah. until he uh until he strikes back so well, right? if, if if i may if i may provide a little context to the scene you absolutely um, may it's it's just because you said it was kind of random i don't think it was so random i think it was a depiction of times square in new york in, in 1979 the 80s? in 1979 right um Back when every movie theater in Times Square was a porno theater, yeah, yeah. and it it was the most violent place on earth, and it was it was famously cleaned up for crime in the late eighties and nineties. But pre- previous to that, it was like the murder capital of the U.S. and the mugging capital of the U.S. And yeah. there were just gangs of kids roaming the streets, mugging people like that. It right. was very it was very common in New York. If you were a New Yorker, everybody has been mugged at least once back in the in those days. Right. Um, so that's what this was depicting. The Joker was a like a victim of a gang mugging, and um, he didn't really. That's get how, mugged, that's how, that's, though, how that's how we pretty much meet him. Well, yeah, they stole his sign, but they they were just fucking with him. This is just a yeah. bored gang of kids just fucking with people, and that's yeah. just kind of the thing that would happen. Like, yeah. uh, the, the one of the kids did. I, I listened to it very closely. Yeah, one of the kids does, does say, take, "Take his stuff." Yeah, yeah, I do remember hearing but, that. But I, I have the feeling that Arthur, Arthur Fleck wasn't the kind of guy who would have had anything on him to steal. Yeah, right. But I don't. I did hear that too, and I don't remember seeing a hand going to his pocket. No, you're right. I think. Yeah. I think. I think take his stuff was added in post yes. to 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 make more sense of the mugging. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it just looked like a violent prank, and violent pranks were, you know, you know, very common. You know, it's a gang thing. I'm you're sure. bored. You you pick on the clown. It's uh, yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, very sad. Anyway, so, yeah. so, um, yeah, so he gets, he gets, he gets mugged. Um, from here we go to, uh, him at work, if I remember correctly. And they're like, yeah, we want to talk to you. Uh, I might be skipping something here. I can't remember, but, um, yeah, (laughs) but yeah, no, his boss accuses him of stealing the sign. And he's like, I, I. I told you I was I was mugged. Like who the why, fuck? Why would, would I, I why would I steal a sign? <laughs> no. Yeah. And so the, the boss is like, why the fuck would somebody mug you for a sign? And yeah. then and then he's like, well, why the fuck would I steal a sign? Yeah. Like, if if you think the why would the muggers take it? Then why would you think why would I take it? Yeah, exactly. And really, the point was, 
the client was billing them for the sign and the boss didn't want to pay for it. He was making Arthur pay for it. Yeah. 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 But he also had that, uh, that, that devilish grin on his face the entire time as well. Because, uh, if I remember correctly, he was just like, kind of like, like smiling, like, why the fuck would I take this sign? Right. And I felt like that, I felt like that was his condition again about yeah. to pop out of him. He was just trying to keep it under control. Yeah. Uh, I don't then, know. Uh, if I remember correctly, we go to his psychiatrist or his social worker from here, right? Yeah. If I probably. Correctly. And, um, so we find out that he has a social worker and this is where they introduce the book. Um, right. so he keeps a journal and basically he's supposed to, I guess, um, just tell in the, in this, in this book, I guess he's supposed to like put down his thoughts, et cetera, et cetera. But of course, when she looks at it, it's all fucking twisted shit. It's him, um, writing his little comedic, um, stand up because he, he actually right. considers himself a stand up comedian. Right. And um, this scene, he tells, he tells his therapist, yeah, yeah, that he's going to be a stand up comedian. comedian. <clears throat> and he's writing jokes and he's using his journal as a joke book for the material that he's working on for stand up comedy. Yeah. But we see that it's filled with like pasted in porno images yeah. that are drawn all over with like blood and murder and stuff. Yeah. And just like the scribblings of a madman. And I wanted to ask, I want to stop you here and ask you because mm-hmm. the, the journal reminded me. Like his writing is very broken. It's very childlike. Childish, it looks like yes. it looks like a kindergarten is writing. And I noticed when he was writing in the scene where they show him writing his jokes in the joke book that he's writing with his left hand. Oh, I didn't notice that. And I think that Joaquin Phoenix did this as an actor intentionally to portray a person who is so mentally ill that they are unable to write properly that he uses his left hand to write with. Because later in the movie, Joaquin Phoenix is using his right hand for all kinds of other tasks that if you were left-handed, you would be using your left hand for. Okay. Uh, so did you, did you, did any of that seem? No, I didn't catch that. I did, not, I did not catch that. Uh, I'm wondering if that's going to come out as, a, as an Easter egg or if I'm the only one who yeah. noticed that. Um, you know what? And it's funny because usually I do notice things like that, but I actually didn't, it didn't, uh, it didn't click. So, that and yeah. that and the second time I watched it, I noticed that there's a CGI super rat. You know when they're talking about the super rats in in Gotham City, okay? And uh, and then they and then Murray Franklin makes a joke that the mayor's suggestion to solve the problem with the super rats is super cats, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, like. <laughs> There's a scene in there yeah. where 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 Joker's getting fired, where he's in the phone booth, okay, and behind him, a CGI like rat that's as big as a dog runs around the corner, and it's just it's on the it's on the screen for like 0.5 of a second, okay, and it's in the middle of such a dramatic, brutal scene that there's no way you're looking there. There's yeah. like you're just you're just oh my god, he's getting fired now. Like it's like such a brutal scene. But there's a fucking CGI sewer. Like that's how comic booky this movie is on the sly, right? Like, like it's secretly comic booky. Okay. Yeah. No, I didn't notice that either. Uh, this is something else I'm gonna have to look forward to next time I uh, next time I watch it. So yeah. And good, later, good later in in the very end of the movie, spoiler alert! In the very end of the movie, um, Bruce Wayne scene where we get the Bruce Wayne origin story yeah. remade in what I'm gonna say is the greatest, the most brilliant. Uh, version of the Bruce Wayne origin story. Um, there are super rats just openly walking around behind him. There's like three of them right uh, back there, um, which is just class. It's a classic Batman comic book panel mm-hmm. in this in this movie 
that like dares you to call it a Batman movie, right? Like the first hour and a half of, of this movie, at least it just feels like it's in that Martin Scorsese, that taxi driver um, world. Mm. And it, it, and it's, and it can be so slow, right? Like did, you didn't feel that it was slow in the beginning. You said it passed by quickly, but, but while, while it was going on, didn't you feel like, wow, this keeps just going back to being sad and slow? Um, it was, it was, uh, I don't, I don't think I want to use the word slow paced because I nope. don't feel like it was slow paced, but, um, you're, I, as a viewer, I'm trying to figure out what, what, like where, when he's going to become who he's going to be. Um, yeah. and I felt that the way that they got to that point was, uh, was great. Yeah. Um, cause, um, the other thing that, um, which we're going to get to. And I feel like this plays a huge, get huge to it okay. <laughs> we're going to get to it, but, um, I feel like this plays a huge part is, um, the fact that he is on medication and eventually we, uh, you kind of get the feeling that he starts to weed off the medication. And right. this is where he becomes who he's going to become. The, but I, I, I agree with the, I agree with the what yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned the, the drug use because yeah. if you know if you have any drug users in your life, if you know any drug users personally and if you are familiar with them and their characteristics, mm -hmm. you will this is part of why Joaquin Phoenix's performance will be so amazing to you because you know with without announcing it without it being in the script at all Joaquin delivers this it, it is part of the script that Joker is constantly trying to get more drugs from the government because he feels so bad all the time that he desperately needs them and he's desperately addicted to his meds mm -hmm. and but there are scenes in this movie where he is clearly just taken them or is all loaded up on them and he's his words slur and he starts to sound like Buffalo Bill from uh, Silence of the Lambs even like he's like he the drugged up version of Arthur Fleck appears a few times in this movie mm -hmm. and it's without being announced it's only announced by Joaquin's performance and he does such an amazing job of that it's such a subtle beautiful thing in this movie and when I say slow, I like I don't want you to think that that means there isn't a ton going on on the screen at all times, right? Like, in a, I'm, I'm thinking of that scene like after he kills the three guys on the subway, which is really the big violent event of this movie. Is that uh, you know the Joker who is mentally unstable and his life is just beating him down and beating him down is carrying a gun because one of his coworkers gave him a gun yeah. to protect himself uh, after the mugging. And he starts to get beat up on the subway again, and he pulls out the gun and he kills these three guys on the subway. Yeah. And and that event um, becomes uh, a catalyst that triggers all the tension that's going on in society. We didn't really talk about the backdrop of this movie. It's very much New York City in 1979. It's very much like Son of Sam. This is a, that's another movie. This this reminds me of when I say that uh, film events. Um, mm -hmm. Spike Lee's Son of Sam. Spike Lee did Son of Sam, Yes, right? he did, yeah. Yeah, Spike Lee's Son of Sam. This movie reminded me of Son of Sam so many times. Uh, it's got the garbage strike going on in the summer, so there's piles of garbage everywhere. The city is just tense and angry. And then these vigilante murders start happening with this pistol, exactly Son of Sam style. Mm -hmm. um, and Son of Sam also invoked this imagery of uh, the poor versus the rich. Son of Sam invoked imagery of... Um, of of him dying in the gutter and 
and uh, only the insects caring and the poor just stepping over him. This was all invoked in this movie. It's all Son of Sam stuff, mm-hmm. which I don't think has been mentioned in any of the interviews that I've seen previously. Um, uh, lost my train of thought now, but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> where where was I? Um, <laughs> we were talking about um, the look of New York, uh, the time. Uh, right, 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 right. The backdrop, the backdrop. Yeah, him being drugged up. right. But I think what's important about uh, how this changes the Joker's origin story is uh, in, in the new 52, right, we have this new Joker thing that there's supposed to be three of them. And in shows like Gotham on TV, we've seen that the whole Joker thing is not just a man. It's a movement. It's a cult, right? right. This is happening more and more in Joker storytelling. And this movie does it so perfectly that this could happen in real life. And this this movie also reminds me of V for Vendetta. This movie turns J- the Joker into Guy Fawkes. Okay. Like, like uh, overtly, I think. That's another movie that I, I wanted to put on my list. Fight Club, V for Vendetta. Uh, Son of Sam. Son of Sam. Um, definitely. Um uh, the Joker, the Joker becomes like uh, the the whole thing. The tension in society becomes rich versus poor. Thomas Wayne is introduced as almost a Donald Trumpian character, and uh, his character isn't like over the top like Donald Trump. I don't want to say he's that far out there, but you know he's more of like a classic conservative, I guess, where he's just looks down on the poor, the criminals. But this movie really kind of flips the script, and the criminal elements in Gotham is just the poor oppressed element of Gotham, right? Mm-hmm. And Thomas Wayne represents the oppressors. And this is another way this this movie makes the Joker the hero. And I think kind of maybe breaks the Batman mythos in a little bit in that at the end of this movie, yes, you, de- you definitely think that Bruce Wayne could grow up and become Batman now. But you also... You have to think he's kind of the Avenger of the rich. Like, the, 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 the Avenger of justice is really Joker mm-hmm. at the end of this movie. Um, so I, I don't know how, like, and they said they're not going to bring a Batman into this world or this is not going to be connected to a Batman at any time. And I kind of believe that because I don't know how you do Batman in this world now, even though, like, yeah, I believe that kid, that Bruce Wayne kid, mm-hmm. is going is going to grow up and become a quote-unquote crime fighter and a crazy guy who might even wear a mask because he's scarred by this... But it's not Joker, right? It's the Joker movement. And and the Joker didn't intentionally start this movement. He accidentally started this movement. He's not the impetus of it. He's like uh, a symptom of it. Like he, mm. like it happened around him and he kind of got swept up in it. And this murder on the subway has nothing to do with the politics, right? He's just a mentally ill guy beaten down by society. Someone, some, someone gave him a gun when they shouldn't have and the and the outcome is obvious what's going to happen when the next time this guy gets mugged on the subway and because of the timing uh because of the like event because witnesses saw this clown murder these three rich wall street douchebags on the subway Mm -hmm. um this whole joker mythology is born and yes i absolutely believe that this could happen in the real world uh especially back at back in these times and there's no superhero shit here you know this is just this is just great storytelling so there's uh there's a couple subplots that we haven't even mentioned yet yes please go ahead so um one of them 
uh, which is a huge subplot, is um, his mother. So he uh, he lives with his mother, um, yes. who has a, a fixation, an obsession with um, with Thomas Wayne, yes. and uh, she keeps writing letters to Thomas Wayne, um, which later uh, the Joker finds one of these letters and and opens it and and reads it and puts together that his mom um had an affair with uh with thomas wayne and uh thomas wayne obviously later on completely denies it blah blah blah. right so she he's convinced that that he thomas wayne is his dad well it says in the letter like she writes to thomas wayne you need to help me and your son your son and i are in trouble please help us please give us anything we're living in poverty and squalor it's awful and so, yes, this is important for Batman fans because, uh, you know, one time in the comics, the Joker has been made to be Thomas Wayne's son and to be Batman's brother. Okay. And so if this were true, then this would be a huge split. A lot of comic book fans would be mad if they suddenly made the Joker Batman's brother. But here we do it in this movie. And spoiler alert, uh, you know, depending on what you believe about what's real and what's not real uh it's revealed in this movie that it's not true but he believes it at this point yes Mm -hmm. and 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 this is a shocking thing right a shocking moment in this movie he's living in squalor his whole life his mother's always written to Thomas wayne he thought she was crazy now he finds out oh my god he had she had an affair with him and he's my dad and he believes this to be true at this point yeah it's very and then um eventually we find out when he goes to uh because he finds out that she was actually in an insane asylum which just happens to be Arkham. <laughs> yes. Um, Arkham State Hospital. Not, uh, yeah. Not State. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. State Hospital. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, he goes to see the uh, the clerk, which is another great scene. Yeah. Um, that, guy, that guy's great. I wish yeah. I had his name, Andy. Oh, that clerk. Yeah. That clerk seems fantastic. It's fantastic. Right. Like it's all face acting. Right. Yeah, like it's yeah. all like it's not in the script. It's barely in the script. It's a little bit in the script. But the face acting just tells you everything. And that scene is so great. Go ahead. Yeah. And then uh, he ends up uh, taking the um, the records and yeah. finding out that his mom is actually batshit crazy and that he was adopted. So right. um yeah that whole that whole little subplot was very uh very the most important the most important thing um, I think yeah it was very important um cuz this it's, is it's Joker's origin Joker's yeah. like okay Joker was not born crazy okay Joker's mother is not his mother she was born crazy yeah. but she was his adopted mother Joker was not born crazy Joker is crazy because he was abused and his adopted mother who supposedly made up the whole thing about Thomas Wayne mm-hmm. uh and adopted this kid uh, then had some abusive boyfriend and they were, and they were found with the Joker as a child. I think they said nine. I don't remember if they said the age, but yeah, the Joker, the Joker was found as, and this is so sad. This is so brutal. This is so brutal. This is the Joker was found tied to a radiator right. covered in, covered in bruises with extreme head trauma. And this was the cause of his laughing condition. Yeah. This is the cause of his so-called, it's not, mental illness per se it's brain injury because of abuse okay the joker was not born this way he's not this crazy madman like he was portrayed in the comics many times the joker was made this way by the world and this is what changes the nature of his character he is justice he is avenger Mm -hmm. he's not he's not he's not a psychopath he's an avenger he's getting revenge his 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 slogan is you get what you fucking deserve right 
that is the message of this movie. And that's why a lot of people are upset. But it's such a great movie, I can't really get upset by it. <laughs> and the other subplot is uh, is the uh, the girl that lives on his floor, um, who he first encounters on the elevator, and they have like I guess in his head a moment, and then um, of course uh, he goes back, and eventually he, I guess he's dating this girl, um, which we find out. Uh, just after he basically kills his mom, we're in the spoiler section, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. After he kills his mom, that this was all part of his imagination. That this girl actually has no idea who the fuck he is. Who, who That's was the big, the big, the big the Fight big, Club reveal? Yeah, right? no. Which, uh, like that whole, like that whole part, I was just like, like <laughs> mind blown. Thank, thank God. <laughs> right? I agree. Me too. Me too. But yeah. thank God for that. I want to say because. Because that part, well, back up to where the relationship started, yeah. that part of the movie was the only part where I started to feel like maybe the writing was going off the track. Like, because mm-hmm. like, I really didn't feel like it made sense. Like, the, no. the, the, the sequence of events is the subway murder happens, right? So he's in his Joker makeup. He's just murdered these three guys on the subway. He's, he's fled the scene. He gets back to his apartment building. This, this really beautiful girl who was, who, like, she wasn't even super nice to him. She just spoke to him she just acknowledged him for a brief moment but like this moment spoke to me and i don't want to talk about this too i don't want to go into this too much because i'm it's not that that serious but i'm like as a as a slightly mentally ill person myself and as a guy who at times has been a lonely loner myself like i I, like i totally got this moment when Mm. this this totally brutalized lonely dude the pretty girl just acknowledged him. That was it. She just acknowledged him for a yeah. second. She was just, she was just kind. She just treated him like a human for a brief second, and he immediately becomes obsessed with yeah. that girl and enters into a fantasy relationship with her. And thank God it turned out to be a fantasy relationship because the whole half an hour of the movie where she was his girlfriend, I kept saying, "No, this wouldn't happen. This has got to be like something's wrong here, right?" Yeah. And and then we find out via this amazing Fight Club Fight Club montage. Uh, after was it after he killed his mom or was it, it was, was it after his after his mom got sick or after his mom had the stroke? I, I don't feel remember. like it was after he uh, so killed his mom. He um, he roamed, he walks okay. into her apartment. Right, uh, right, right. Correctly, and then she he's on her couch and she's like, "No, it's after the record scene." The record scene. It's yeah. He kills his mom after that scene. It's after he goes to the hospital and reads the records. Then he comes back to where he says, "I had a bad day. I found out that my whole life was a lie, and it's a comedy and not a drama." Right. And then the next day, he goes and kills his mom. I think. Okay, I guess when that scene took place after. Really? Um, Maybe I'm know. wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But um, anyway, it doesn't change the importance of yeah. the order. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure uh, in my head, he, I was thinking he was going to say, I'm, I just killed my mom. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, but anyways, regardless whether it was before or after. No, because after he kills his was... mom, he's happy. After he kills his mom, he has a scene where he's painting his face white. And then That's his right. work friends show up and he says, I'm celebrating. My mom died. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I'm not. Right. I'm, so not I'm not. I'm not sure if your scene was in the middle there or not. I'm not sure. Yeah, you, you might be right, man. Maybe it is. Oh, that. oh, oh! Because directly after the apartment scene, where we, where we find out the girl doesn't know him, um, then he goes to sleep, and then he wakes up to the phone call from the Murray Franklin show asking him to come on the show. Right. 
which I wasn't sure if it was uh, if it was like sure. in his head again. And this is highly debated, right? Yeah. Like, people on the internet are saying different things. Some people think the whole end of this movie is in his mind. Some people think the Murray Franklin show was just in his mind. Some people think that the mo- that he died in the refrigerator. Like, there's a part of the movie I don't remember where it happens. I think it's after the record scene. Mm-hmm. I think it's maybe after the apartment scene where he empties out his refrigerator and then he locks himself inside it. Right. I've seen people on the internet theorize that he dies in that refrigerator and that the whole third act of the movie is just his death fantasy. Um, <laughs> and people believe that. So yeah. like, this, this is what I mean when I say this movie is going to be debated forever. I don't believe that at all. I think you have to trust the filmmaker. I think the filmmaker tells you what's real and what's not real yeah. in this movie. And I think it's, it's when he's reading records, when you're actually reading type on paper and when the character himself is shocked by what he's seeing, I think those moments are real. I think it's debatable whether or not the whole adoption is real and whether his mother was telling the truth about the relationship with Thomas Wayne. I think it's debatable whether Thomas Wayne was really his father or not. I don't know if you noticed, but they hired an actor to play Thomas Wayne who had the exact same nose as Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Like it was like looking in a mirror between these two yeah. characters. Yeah. Um, so, and, and and they and they always talk about whenever they're talking about the records or anything, they throw in a mention of how Thomas Wayne is a very powerful man. So, yes, Thomas Wayne could have had these records falsified, and and Arthur Fleck could actually be the Joker's son, and maybe the Joker has to live with that kind of ambiguity about it for his whole life and that's part of what keeps him crazy and that's what part of what keeps thomas wayne kind of a villain in this version of the story in this version of batman's origin story thomas wayne is the oppressor thomas wayne is the bad guy and you know batman's ptsd from watching him murdered in front of him is still real he's still like a child it's still his daddy um so like this this is what i mean about changing the nature of batman like is batman really the seeker of justice or is Batman just a fucking crazy PTSD guy who is kind of the Avenger for the bad guys Mm. in this version? I don't know. Anyway, that's a big leap, but, um, Mm. uh, uh, where did I cut you off? I'm sorry. Uh, Zazzy beats, by the way, um, plays Sophie Dumont, his neighbor. And, um, She's great, and there's a couple of moments in this movie. I want to I want to mention this that this movie is truly scary, like, yes. and without any superpowers, without any supervillains, without any without any outer worldly stuff. Just the the realism of this movie makes it feel real. So when Arthur Fleck is just crazy enough to kill you by standing well while he's standing in front of you, you are afraid. When he's talking to the good characters in the movie, the characters who you care about, that he's going to do that to them. And they put a couple of characters in circumstances with him where you don't know if his insanity is going to take an innocent victim. And... Spoiler alert. Okay, I don't know. I'm not going to spoil it. But, but, these, but, these, <laughs> but, I'm thinking, but I'm thinking of two scenes that I really don't want to spoil the end of. But two scenes where I was legitimately scared. Like I was legitimately going, no, don't kill that person. Right. Don't, don't kill that person. Right. And, and, and like, I don't get that way in movies. I like, <laughs> like movies don't, don't affect me that way. Like, especially not comic book movies. Right. Like, mm-hmm. but the realism of this, man, I, I fucking cared about, about, 
who he killed and who he didn't. And um, and I, as I've already said, part of the criticism of this movie is that there is a clear line between who he killed and who he didn't. He killed the bad people. Mm-hmm. He didn't kill the he didn't kill the good people. Um, and and so is he a bad guy? Like you you can't root for him. You can't root for him. But there are people out there who are going to absolutely um, and. And this movie justifies it. Like the the writers and director of this movie, absolutely are rooting for this character and are yeah. absolutely delivering a political message. And I don't disagree with the political message, but I will say that I see where the debate is going to happen. It's already happening. Right. So, anyway. oh, and flashback. Um, we're we're in spoilers. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you talking about the little guy in the apartment? Yeah, the little guy in the apartment. Of course, there's yeah. a, there's an ama- there's an amazing scene right like right after he kills his mother, and we we spoiled that already. Yeah. you know he he finds out that his mother lied to him his whole life that he was adopted. We find out that out from the records, and whether you believe the records or not is important, of course. So maybe maybe tragically he's he's manipulated even further by Thomas Wayne into murdering his own mother, and maybe maybe he is genetically her son, and maybe he does have her born mental illness i don't think so i think the director is trying to tell you that's not true but but you could interpret it that way and and that's part of the greatness of this film that as a fan you could take your different take from uh, away from it and still have it and i don't know if i said this yet but Mm. i i I feel like this is the origin story of heath ledger's joker i feel like this is the origin story of christian bale's batman and 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 i know it's not directly supposed to be it doesn't tie in exactly but i feel like this is definitely written by a fan of those movies and uh, and of of those characters Mm -hmm. because um uh heath ledger's joker like his main hook was lying about his his origin story right and you could you could only imagine that his origin story must be some horrible fucking thing um, that is even more horrible than this shit he's making up and telling everybody for him to be so crazy and fucked up. And that's what we get in this film. And, 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 and kudos to the writers for giving us a realistic story that could explain that Heath Ledger Joker because it also explains the other mysterious thing about the Heath Ledger Joker, which always kind of bugged me, which was his extensive criminal network that he seemed to be in charge of, right? That they paid no, they spent no time showing you how he built that network or how he maintained that network, only that it was there in everything he did. Mm -hmm. He seemed to be superpowered because he had so many people working for him and his plans were so meticulous and, and carried out so effectively. Well, this movie ends with him creating that army, right? Like, so this Joker at the end of this movie could easily become that Joker, that Christian Bale Joker. Right. It fits so well from a storytelling perspective and it, it elevates the Christopher Nolan material. I think if you're a Christopher Nolan fan, you absolutely have to love this for the way it does that. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, um, I do agree with you. Like the, a lot of the times when I was watching this, um, I could see shades of, of, of Heath Ledger's Joker in this Joker, um, mostly, uh, physical. So like the green hair, for example, um, the, um, the suit, even though the suit that he was wearing wasn't necessarily the suit that Heath Ledger, uh, Heath Ledger yeah. was wearing, but it was very, um, very reminiscent of the, like right. the, 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 
the the palette of uh, the, the colors, right? There's um, actually a scene where I leaned over to Melinda and I whispered Heath Ledger, and she was like, "Yes, yeah." Um, and it's the scene where he's been arrested and he's and he's driving through New York City and he's yes. leaning against. He's yep. leaning against the cop car window yep. and he's watching the riots and smiling. Yep. It's exactly, exactly like that scene where yep. Joker's leaning out of the window of the car and yep. just like taking in the breeze and the chaos around him. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I thought it's, the exact same thing, man. It's, it's so, it's so obvious that it's another moment where I said, that's a tribute. Yeah, like, nod, like yeah. so many, so many taxi driver tributes. Um, and, and, and this was to me, there was a Heath Ledger tribute in this movie. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, that was definitely one of the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was something else that uh, I wanted to bring up, and I'm drawing a blank on what it was. Uh, it'll come to me. Well, I want to get to the Bruce Wayne origin story okay. uh, since we talked. We've talked about the Joker origin story, and I think oh, the I way... remember what it was. But anyways, go on. Okay, you you can go ahead if you want. No, no. Uh, it's just back to that scene. Uh, the whole scene at the end when he when he's arrested, um, and then. The uh, the I believe it was an ambulance or whatever hit the cop car, and then yeah. um they, they basically drag him out of the car and then they place yeah. him onto the car. Um, to me, I felt like it was almost like like a, it was very religious looking, like it was like a like a Jesus resurrection, right? Right. Um, right. Like he was becoming this 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 prophecy. Absolutely. That yeah. that all these people were basically. Because I'm, there was that part where he kind of like woke up, and all these people were like all around him. It was almost like he was being worshipped um, yes. as like this 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 symbol of like something new in the city because he made the initiative to uh, to go on to the show and fucking shoot, which we didn't we didn't talk about yet. But we right, shoot. he he Murray he Murray's um, Murray, Murray Franklin on the yeah. Murray Franklin show live. Which that, was that's a his great big fucking scene. that's his big. Like classic Joker moment, right? Joker yeah. has to be on TV, right? Joker has to be staring into your TV camera, right? And and yeah. and yes, he goes on the Murray Franklin show and he murders him on, and that's the moment where his mythos is born. That's the moment where he becomes the the cult leader officially, right? Yeah. Where it, on live television he gave his his mission statement: "You get what you fucking." Do. And the whole the line is brilliant. Okay, the Joker's the Joker's big line is. His big joke is, what do you get when you cross a mentally ill loner with a society who abandons him and treats him like trash? Mm -hmm. You get what you fucking deserve. Bang. Right. And then the Bruce Wayne origin story is changed in that in the middle of the riot that ensues following this appearance on live television, Bruce Wayne is coming out of Excalibur with his mother and father, so it's this is the this is the Ben Affleck Bruce Wayne the Excalibur touch, yeah. um, and I don't I don't know if that's in the New Fifty Two comic book, but that's where the pearls come from, and it's all in here. It's all the New Fifty Two comic book origin scene, and it's another moment when I leaned over to Melinda. At this moment, um, I said pearls, and yeah. boom, he rips the pearls off. Right, yeah. um, but the killer is just one of the Joker followers and he notices the famous rich guy in the crowd and he takes him out. And the murder of Thomas Wayne is now caused by the Joker, not done by the Joker yeah. as in, as in the Tim Burton Joker uh, origin story, which, which a lot of people had a problem with. And I kind of did too. Um, 
I think this is better. It's still the Joker's fault. It's still connected to the Joker. Yeah. It's the Joker movement, but it's all about the movement. The Joker was the product of this movement. He didn't start it. He was the, he was created by it. It was an accident. He murdered those three guys in the subway because they were picking on him because he was mentally ill, yeah. right? And he was wearing a clown mask. So people were like, holy shit, look how cool that is. And it became a symbol. Um, and Bruce Wayne is now... His PTSD, his parents are murdered in front of him as a child in in what was previously a happy moment coming out of this movie together. Mm-hmm. Um, his PTSD that causes him to become Batman is also caused by the Joker movement, by the clown uprising, by this uprising of the poor versus the rich. The kill, it's, it's called the kill the rich movement yeah. in this movie. And... Now, Bruce Wayne is going to become the Avenger against that movement. I don't see how you tell the Batman story without, like, it's really the killing joke justified, right? The whole point of the Joker and the killing joke was, Batman, you're the same as me. We're both crazy. We both seek justice against the system that made us. And the only difference between you and me is one bad day. So I'm going to give you that one bad day. So that you finally see that we are the same, that the Joker and the Batman are the same. That was the whole point of the killing joke, the terrible, mm-hmm. brutal, violent story of the killing joke. That was the whole thrust of it. And this movie makes that reality for Batman. The, the Joker and Batman are born from the same moment in time. They're like Batman's about to go crazy, right? He's about to start wearing a ma- wearing a mask and fighting criminals in the street at night, even though he's a billionaire. Right. And that's just another story of madness. And it's, it's awesome in the fact that now I believe that there would be a Batman in this world. Right. Like, like the previous Batman's I'm like, this is still a stretch. This whole costume thing. It's a stretch. Like it's like, I have to stretch my, my, my disbelief for this. Um, But in this world, I understand why this guy wants to wear a costume. He's fighting against the Joker revolution that murdered his parents. He's right. fighting against an army of people in costumes, right? And and the PTSD is going to make him crazy enough to do that. And and God, could we get an amazing movie? I don't think we're going to get it. I don't think we're going to get that movie, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but that's what and that's what's a, a, such an amazing. That's what makes this Joker movie such an amazing gem. So, it's not. It's not a part of a long line of you're going to get this same stuff over and over again. I don't think we're ever going to get a movie this great again. Like yeah. it is that level of film achievement to me. So you think when uh, this new um, Batman comes out, well, wow, was it supposed to be next year or whatever it is? Yeah. You think uh, this is going to confuse audience? Do you think this? Oh, is gonna, a- absolutely, like, absolutely. This is supposed to be uh, a different world, right? This yep. is supposed to be um, this Joker world okay. is supposed to be different from dude, dude. Yeah. Forget about Batman's Batman. Back up the truck. Birds of prey. True. Yeah. True. Like, are, are we supposed to expect that 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 this that this? Oh my God! Uh, Harley Quinn mm-hmm. is the girlfriend of this of character. This like Joker, this is yeah. this is not the same. Like this. No, there's no connection here. No. Like, like. But if you're a casual fan, it's going to be just like my just like Melinda's sister Morgan, who I love. Uh, who goes to every movie that she's not interested with us just so she can go to movies with us, right? And and at the end of Rogue One, she turns to me and she says, 
so they didn't blow up the Death Star? What, what, what do you mean they don't blow up the Death Star? And I'm like, oh my god. Like, how do you explain Star Wars to a casual Star Wars fan, yeah. right? Like, sure, this is going to do the exact same thing to a casual DC fan of the films. And, um, like, I'm okay with that, dude. I'm okay, I'm okay with the fact that you have that there's stuff that you have to be a little bit of a nerd to get. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Um, I'm just glad she didn't uh, say... Um, that uh, or didn't think that uh, Generoso was Ray, <laughs> right? Right. A lot of people she made might, that actually. That you know what? I up. think. You know what? I think she might have said that before the movie. Yeah, I, yeah. Think she, I think. I think. I think we might have had that conversation. <laughs> I know people. So confused, so man. so this people isn't Ray. So this isn't Ray. Yeah. I think that happened. Yeah. 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 I, I don't. I don't blame them. No. Like I don't. It's confusing if you don't know if you're not follow if you don't have the time to fucking follow every Star Wars detail. Yeah. Yeah. It's confusing. Yeah. So yeah, uh, back to Joker. Um, yep. So yeah. So did we cover all the big things? Yeah, he murders his mother. <sighs> yeah, I feel like um, like either because he finds out that she lied to him about his whole life, or because uh, the lies that Thomas Wayne had put into official documents yeah. convinced him that she lied to him about his whole life. But most importantly, we find out that his his madness is from this brain injury from child abuse mm-hmm. so he's such a sympathetic character like for the rest of the movie you're picturing this child tied to the radiator with this brain injury every time you hear him do that laugh mm-hmm. which is which is the perfect joker laugh like he Joaquin Phoenix is like embodies this character like no other like i'm sorry i love heath ledger i love jack nicholson but Joaquin Phoenix makes them a footnote. Like there's no comparison. Like the yeah. level of performance and achievement in this film is unmatched and un like not even close. Like don't even try. Like I, I heard that this is going to be a, a, a DC black label and maybe they're going to make more villain movies because they can't do Batman right. because there's a current Batman and it'd be too confusing. So I heard maybe they're going to like maybe do a Riddler movie next, but I'm like, I don't think so. You should like, I, you're never going to live up to this. This is just too much. It's too good. It's yeah. the world is not ready for this movie. In my <laughs> is there anything, is there any big reveals that we didn't talk about yet? Uh, we talked about him murdering his mother. We talked about, um, uh, how he changed the Bruce Wayne origin story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about how his own origin story has been changed. Um, you know, he's not a criminal. He's just a mentally ill guy. Yeah. Uh, poor and abused. Yeah. Um, brain injury guy. Um, yeah. Um, I'm just what are the big things? Mm-hmm. People are saying everything is not real and ev- people are just disagreeing about what's real and what's not real. Yeah. And um, to me, almost everything is real. The relationship with the girlfriend is fake. Um, and the, the fact that he has the wrong idea about Thomas Wayne being his dad is not fake. That's just part of the story, right? Yeah. Like he's missed, he's Mis- misdirected, misdirected by the people. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I feel like the only real, uh, the only thing that was really just like a figment of his imagination was the girlfriend. Um, everything else to me, I felt like everything else felt real. Everything like the way it ended, everything else. Um, but yeah, no, it's the, uh, but the whole thing with the girlfriend, it was brilliant. Right. (laughs) I I have heard, I have heard people say that they think the whole movie was a delusion because early in the movie, there's a scene where they show he was in a mental hospital before. Mm. And then, and then the movie ends with the final scene of him being in a mental hospital locked up again. And some people are saying, well, he's wearing the same outfit. It looks like the same mental hospital. The whole movie was just imagined. I think that's BS. I, I, 
like I don't think the filmmakers would would make that film, and I I think that everything that we've we've seen tells us that that's not the case. Right. Um, uh, I've heard people say that the final the final scene where he celebrates in front of the crowd, you know, where he is rescued by the ambulance. He's a, like like let's go over the sequence of events events again, right? He goes into onto the Murray Franklin show. He Murray's Murray Murray Franklin on TV. He delivers his line. You get what you fucking deserve, and then he gets arrested, and then. Um, while he's driving through the streets of man, of I was going to say Manhattan, but it's Gotham, Gotham um, and watching the riots, and we're having that Heath Ledger tribute scene. In, my, in our opinion, uh, uh, an ambulance crashes into him, and again, what a classic Batman scene! He's rescued by an ambulance crashing into his cop car that's driven by two guys in clown masks, yeah. and as you said, it's this Christ-like moment where they gently pull the unconscious Joker out of the back of the police car. They carry him to the hood of the police car and lay him down where he resurrects. He regains consciousness. He realizes what's going on around him. The crowd circles him. They all just saw him on television murdering Murray Franklin. So now he's their hero and he does his dance, his dance that he's done in slow motion throughout the movie. His, his I'm loving my madness dance. This is the real me emerging. This is my empowerment moment. Um, And then the really, truly brilliant moment of this movie. And I want to, I want to, talk about the bookend of moments in this movie this movie starts with him sitting at a table painting his face in clown makeup and then he starts turning his lips into a smile and he's crying and his clown makeup is running down his face from his tears and this is the visual cinematic representation of him being impressed not impressed oppressed by his persona by this clown mask that he's forcing himself to wear in order to fit in with society to work to make money at the end of this movie this scene is mirrored where the clown makeup is almost all sweated off Mm -hmm. and and he is suddenly the center of the world's attention he is a hero to thousands they are swarming around him in the street it reminded me of that scene in game of thrones the the misa khaleesi scene uh where uh where daenerys is held aloft after she uh liberates uh the slaves of marine i believe it is um this 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 this, the exaltation you are a hero scene and he reaches into his mouth Pulls it into a smile again, but his mouth is full of blood from the violent car accident he was just in. Mm -hmm. And he smears the blood from inside his mouth into the classic Joker grin. Right. And this is his moment of embodying the mask. This is his moment of emerging from, like, internally, this character, he becomes it. In this brilliant cinematic moment, and he does his dance, and... And this is a scene that is going to go down in cinema history. Mm-hmm. Um, this defines the character uh, in a, in a way that has never been done before. In, in it's it's enlightened the whole story and and raised it to a level never achieved before. Dependent on all the work that went before it, absolutely. But it elevates all of that work in a way that I just you know you dream you dream of getting a Star Wars prequel that will fill in the Star Wars holes in the story like like half as as beautifully and brilliantly as this movie does <laughs> like it's never going to happen right yeah. so th- this is an achievement by dc that i i don't, I don't think we're ever going to see it match I, I you know i i've compared it to some, to some movies that i've loved in the past but i i really think that 
Um, I can't overestimate the historic importance of this film. All right. So you're still sitting at a 10. 10, absolutely. I would give it more if I could. You can. Okay, well, no. 10 is fine. <laughs> it, it's me, yes. It's a perfect, it's a perfect, it's a hard movie to watch. I'm not going to, you know, I, I, I can't sugarcoat that. It's a hard movie to watch. But, like, if you just, if you love, like, amazing filmmaking, um, or if you're a, a Joker fan, like, yeah. you have to run out and see this. You cannot miss this movie. It is once in a lifetime achievement in filmmaking. Yeah. No. Uh, do you feel like this movie was too violent? No, uh, yeah. this, this movie does not have a ton of violence. It has some brutal violence in it, mm -hmm. but it's not a lot. It's not a, like a ton of minutes of screen time on the screen. And it's not, again, it's like realistic violence. It's not crazy movie violence, it's not over the top violence. It's yeah. scary it's brutal. It's, you know, you, you wince, you don't want to see it, but it's not violent porn in any way. Yeah. Um, it, the brutality comes from the cruelty of society. It's all, it's all sociological messaging. It's all, and it's like brutal, dramatic storytelling. Um, and that's the brutality of this movie, not violence. Uh, there is violence for sure, but, yeah. um, uh, it's not. It's not the cudgel here. The cudgel here is drama and and yeah. and, and dark drama. I was saying to uh, so my boss asked me how the movie was because he knew I went to watch it the night before, and yeah. I was uh, he was asking me if it was uh, if it was violent, and I said to him, uh, to be honest, it had violence, but that one that one single scene in the dark night when he's like want to see a magic trick and he puts down the pencil and he slams the guy's face into it. Right. And it goes into his eye. I felt that that was more violent than most of the shit in this film. You know what? <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know what? I was about to say the same thing, but then I remembered this almost exactly the same scene in this film. But it's a, it's Except scissors it's in the throat. A... It's in the throat, though, right? Right. But he, but no, he still he goes in the eye second. He goes throat first, eye second. He does uh, end it. He does. Okay. He, yeah, he ends with I remember the scissors the throat. in his eye. I remember the throat. And then he violently bashes his head on the wall over yes. and over and over and over, which was like um, straight out of uh, the raid. And but, that uh, that's the part that, that reminds me of <laughs> is the most violent scene in the movie. Yeah, it was. And, and but the whole point of that is it creates the super tension in that moment because uh, the little guy uh, Gary, uh, yeah. played by the actor Leigh Gill, is still in the room, and yeah. you think, "Oh my God, he's, he's next. next!" Yeah, and we're gonna and we're gonna have to watch the most brutal thing we've ever watched. Yeah. And um, and I think that you know that violence was justified in this in this moment. This character, yeah, it's absolutely what this character would have done, and it's horrible. And but do not. Think Gary, still, do you think Gary will it. be the penguin in the next one? Oh, Gary the penguin! Oh, I never thought. <laughs> that. Um, I don't know. I loved Gary though. Gary was yeah. a great character. Yeah, was Gary, a... Gary was the human heart, and and, and also same with Zazie Beats as as Sophie. Like these were the these were the the humans that we cared about in the story that we yeah. just we just wanted to just be okay uh, yeah. uh, and um and they were they were both great uh and mark baron i want to mention i just love the guy his role wasn't that big but it was pretty big and he did a great job um uh as the producer on the murray franklin show oh that guy okay yeah yeah, yeah. i love mark baron. mark baron has a podcast that i've that i've been a fan of for like a decade oh, okay um, 
uh, he's also in that that great uh, Glow wrestling show. That's right. That's where I recognize him from. Such which, a great uh, show. Oh, it's a great show. I still haven't yeah. seen uh, season three, actually. But uh, yeah, no, I do love that show. All right. So so uh, anyway, I don't know. Are we? Have we talked about everything we have to talk about about this movie? Like this conversation is going to go on forever, by the way, because yeah. you're going to hear so many theories about yeah. this movie. You're going to have you're going to have so many people tell you this was real, this wasn't real, um, and uh, it's a lot of fun uh, seeing what's what this is going to do to the Batman mythos going forward, right? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, I would definitely say I, I know you said you're not a big fan of the of the Nolan um Batman, but I They're I, okay. They're, yeah, they're, no, they're I, okay. I really dug those films. Uh yeah. and I feel like this is up there with those films to me. Oh yeah. Um yeah, like I said, and I said it right off the top, this is the best Martin Scorsese film that Martin Scorsese did not make. <laughs> so yeah, no, it was it was it was yeah, it was really good. And uh speaking of Sir Scorsese I can't wait to see the Irishman. <laughs> so, <laughs> Me too. Yeah, no, I'm Me really too. excited about that. Me too. And yeah. I can't wait for tomorrow night because you and I are yep. heading out to Hamilton. We are. For an event that we've been looking forward to for a long time. Star Wars. That's right. We are assembling the first meeting of the OG OT Roundtable. Yeah. It's going to be you and me, and it's going to be our brothers, uh, G-Money and Billy Gregory. And we are four dudes who all are old enough to have seen the original Star Wars trilogy in theaters and and are able to talk about it for the point of view of guys from that era. And that's important to me because I feel like Every podcast panel is millennials, and I love millennials, mm-hmm. but they have a totally different point of view on Star Wars than we do. Yeah. Let's keep it real. Yeah. So uh, I want to be in our safe zone. I want to talk our our point of view on Star Wars, and um, there's so much to talk about with The Mandalorian coming out oh, yeah. uh, next month, and then with Episode Nine coming out the month after. Yeah. Uh, so much going on. Um, so... Uh, it's going to be awesome to get together with old friends who I haven't seen in a long time. The four of us probably haven't been in a room together in decades. Yep. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Um, <laughs> um, maybe what Janet, else? Janet, do you have anything to say? That's the end? <laughs> yeah, Janet, we are, we are winding down. We are winding down. I hope, <laughs> I hope everybody goes to see Joker. Yeah. Um, most definitely. You know, and, uh, and I hope that you join the conversation. Please, you know, let us know in the comment section on Facebook or, or send us a tweet on Twitter uh, about what you thought about Joker. If you, if, you, if you really believe that something was real or not real that I, that I glossed over or that I was wrong about, please let us know. Yeah. Uh, I, I am interested in what everybody else has to say. Um, I, I, I'm pretty confident, though. I'm pretty confident that I can tell that the, what the filmmaker was telling us, what was real and what was not. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. Uh, he did a great job. Um... Yeah, Joaquin, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, Oscar, Oscar nod for sure. Uh, oh, for one sure. In, one in his future. Uh, yeah. This film will get an Oscar nod right up there with Hustlers and The Irishman. And, uh, <laughs> and it's going to get Best Director. It's going to be nominated for Best Director and Best Picture, yeah. I, I think, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think Endgame will probably get a nod for Best Picture. Oh, yeah, as well. for sure, um, for sure. So, so um, those are my four picks we, so before far. Before we... 
Before we totally wrap up, I want to give a shout out to our, our brother Steve Gunk from theforce.net, who is currently down at New York City Comic Con. Nice. Uh, he sent he sent me a funny text t- uh, this afternoon, uh, showing me that the lineup for Lorraine Newman at New York City Comic Con is exactly the same as it was uh, uh, at Toronto Fan Expo. There's nobody in it, and I was like, dude, how much do you wish you had paid the money to go talk to Lorraine Newman in Toronto? just so you could walk up to her right now and say, remember me? <laughs> and, and he was like, yeah, don't ever let me not do something like that again. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so Steve is down there covering all the great Star Wars stuff. You can catch all of his coverage on theforce.net. He's not going to come on here and talk about it because he has his own damn website and his own damn podcasts, <laughs> multiple. Um, but yeah, I'm sure he'll be on here soon to talk about uh, whatever else he feels like talking about with us because he's a good friend. Um go. And, um, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm still working on, I'm talking to Sarah about, uh, getting our cosplay panel back together, uh, mm-hmm. to have another, um, uh, the cosplay hall of shame. I want to have another episode where we just tell our, our gross, shameful cos, our, not cosplay, sorry, yeah. Comic-Con, Comic-Con stories. Um, the, the, the seedy underbelly of Comic-Con, yeah. uh, is, is a world that I like to, uh, expose and yeah. get into. Yeah. So no, hopefully no. we'll do that soon. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm I'm definitely down for that. Cool. Right. So follow follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash too old for this pod, spelled with a two and a four, the way nineties rappers do it, because that's what we are. And check us out on Facebook. Please uh, like us and invite your friends to like us. It's facebook.com forward slash too old for this podcast. Yeah. Also spelled with a two and a four. Because to me, it's nineteen naughty twenty nine, y'all. <laughs> and don't nineteen naughty hate. Word to your mother. So for now, if that's all we if that's all we have to say, Kevin, yeah, my brother, I, I think it's just so. time to say just chill. To the next episode. <laughs>